A reading from Esther. The king and Haman went in to feast with Queen Esther. On the second day, as they were drinking wine, the, kids, the king said again to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have won your favor, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me. That is my petition. And the lives of my people, that is my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have held my peace. But no enemy can compensate for this damage to the king. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he who has presumed to do this? Esther said, A foe and an enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs in attendance on the king, said, Look, the very gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose words saved the king, stands at Haman's house, fifty cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the anger of the king abated. Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, uh, enjoining them that they should keep the 14th day of the month Adar and also the 15th day of the same month, year by year, as the days on which the Jews gained relief from their enemies and as the month that they had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness, from mourning into a holiday." that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and presents to the poor. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from the letter of James. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. 
Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. As the Chinese might say in their proverbs, may you live in interesting times. And we have been living in interesting times. In fact, the past week was quite interesting in our nation. And I commend Brother Richard for sending us his pastoral letter in the last few days by email reflecting on what has gone on and what continues to go on and the spirit that we should uh, encourage within us and our participation in this whole affair. In fact, uh, the era in which we now live is really unprecedented. And there are little things that you can look to as an indicator. For example, I would say in the last two years, whenever I listen in to a regular newscast, the newscast invariably is interrupted with, we have breaking news. This is constant, and this is highly unusual. And so the, the era in which we live is, is really a transitional era, and transitional eras are usually embodied by conflict. The old will not go out quietly, and the new has to struggle in order to be heard. And that has happened throughout human history. In fact, I might also add that we may even be going through what is called a, a transition of eons you know, the last major eon in world history was around the time of Jesus. And if you're an astrologist, you would say that uh, the age of Pisces. Well, now we're in the transition of the age of Aquarius. And you know, the symbol of Aquarius is the water bearer, but I have to say that in the uh, in the astrological world, that symbol, actually, Aquarius, is an air sign. You know the ancient uh, elements of the universe, you know, fire, air, water, earth. And it's an air sign. And that air sign really reflects what is happening to the world and the evolution of the world. There are many things that have been developed now that reflect that air mythology, such as electricity, for example. Not to go on with this, but many things in life are not just coincidences. They're synchronicities. And so I just encourage you as you live through this period, and as you know the change in the world, is not, only, uh, is not only quickened, but it's accelerating. You know, back in, I think it was 1997, uh, astronomers strangely discovered that the expansion of the universe was not just 
not just continuing to expand, but the expansion was accelerating. Now, this was complete news to, astro uh, to the astronomers. So we are living in a very unusual time, and things are changing very quickly. So where do we turn, and what kind of an attitude should we have living in times such as these? There's another proverb, an old Russian proverb. One word of truth outweighs the world. And actually it was uttered, it was quoted, I think in the mid-1960s at the, uh, the acceptance speech for the Nobel Prize in Literature by Alexander Solzhenitsyn who lived a life having to endure the whole Stalinist era, who lived out for many, many decades in a gulag. You know, in the old days, remember, they used to say, you were shipped out to Siberia. Well, he was one of those. And he never lost faith. And his words have now been not only listened to, but what he stood for has really become uh, a part of our world. One word of truth outweighs the world. The problem is we live really in two worlds simultaneously. We live in the world uh, of our everyday life with our five senses, the tangible world, you know, that we can see and feel and hear and so on. And that absorbs our attention. It absorbs our full consciousness. And just think of your life. All the things you have to do in the course of a day. All the responsibilities you have. The things that may be weighing on you. It could be anything. It could be financial issues. It could be health. It could be maybe conflicts in a family. Whatever the case may be, these things grab our attention. They swallow up all the oxygen in the room. And so our days are full with these concerns. And they should be, of course. We don't have a choice. But we have to be careful because the world really doesn't unfold only in external events. The external events, the events of history that we read about and that we see before our eyes, those events are projected from us, from our interior life. You know, from here and here. And so the events of history are merely reflections of us and what starts off in here. And so to improve the world or to change it, change it for the better, it, it has to start in here. In the reading from James, uh, there's a line, it says, the prayer of the righteous one is powerful and effective. Now that's a, a little indication of what's going on here. When we think of prayer, and we think of uh, asking the Lord to improve life, improve others' lives, our lives, and so on, maybe to uh, save us from some problem, whatever the case may be. There are many forms of prayer. We think of it, though, in simple human terms. 
in terms of sequential activity. So we think of it more as uh, magic than prayer. You know, magic, you know, the, the essence of magic is the magician controls the situation, controls the event. He says the magic word and things happen. Religion is not magic. It's not under our control. And that's the whole essence of the gospel. We're asked to transform our lives in the, the methodology, as it were, of the divine. And so things that we do spiritually, we hope and pray that they, uh, they are forthcoming in changing the world. But frequently, this does not happen instantaneously. In fact, it almost never does. Things have to, involve, have to unfold in the spiritual world in order for the, the external world to actually be affected. And so that's why uh, whenever we do things, and the Our Father really summarizes this perfectly, we always say, not my will, but thy be done. And so I just ask you to consider this. Don't give up on your spiritual life because you think the world is unsavable. That would be a natural tendency. Skepticism, of course, is a deep part of human life. But at the same time, we have to propel forward the progressive movement of history. To give just one simple political example, We traditionally use terms that have absolutely no meaning in our time, but we persistently use them. We talk about liberals and conservatives. These words nowadays have no meaning at all. They're empty words. What we should be talking about is progress versus regress, because in the minds of some people, we're not talking about either liberalism or conservatism. We're talking about regressivism. If your thinking is, uh, is propelling the world backwards, and we see it all the time, they use uh, very commonly now the term tribalism. Naturally, that's a regressive attitude. That's a regressive behavior. But we see it right in front of us. So regardless of what label we put on somebody, if they're going to be engaging in that kind of activity, they are regressive. Now somebody ought to be preaching about this in politics. Because the words of liberal or conservative or whatever you want to use, the traditional words do, do not apply. And so I just ask each of you in your personal life, first and foremost, do not underestimate the power of prayer. On the other hand, understand that it is coming from a very deep part of us that is not always immediately connected to the external world in which we live. So that is why it is so important to, as I used to say, keep the faith, you see? Because in the world of our everyday life, 
you could be very discouraged about many things. But when you harbor the divine truth, and remember, one word of truth outweighs the world, you begin the process of changing the world. But you have to bend to it. And that may take time. And that's why we talk about all the great virtues of life, like perseverance, for example. All the things that uh, we're encouraged with and taught in our youth, but they're, they're very relevant now. So at this Eucharist today, where we celebrate the, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and the sending of his spirit upon us, let us recognize that we do have a spirit in us. We may not easily recognize it, but it's there. And we have to allow it to come forward. And then we can go out in this coming week, maybe with a new, a new light on things, a new encouragement, a new strength. Because the grace of God will empower us and will lead us forward. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.